0: I'm an adult, and I'm young, and you're listening to Young Adults,
1: where we're reading through Mistborn, the Well of Ascension, by Brandon Sanderson.
0: Today we're covering chapters 9 and 10. I stride in the room, all young and hip.
1: Uh, chapter nine is two pages long. <laughs> yeah,
0: <It's laughs> um, another
1: two-page-sized adventure.
0: Yeah. So the um, the note at the beginning s- talks about how uh, the priest's name I've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. He says I met Alendi first in Cleniium. He was a young lad then and had not yet been warped by a decade spent leading armies. So this just made me think we've compared this a lot to Ruin of the Rings, and I mean. I think Brad Stamishan himself has quite publicly compared to Lord of the Rings many times. Yeah. Uh, but a big difference is that Frodo is not like a typical hero. He he doesn't lead out for any army. That's true. So I, I I we've often said that you know essentially Gollum killed Frodo and took the ring. And that there's there's some accuracy to that, but also this is more of a general like generic fantasy hero guy, it seems. Not really a Frodo type. I mean, we kind of knew that, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose. I guess Kelsier would have been more of a...
0: Mm, I feel like Kelsier is still... too, like, heroic. I mean, Frodo's whole thing is that he's just a regular little guy, you know?
1: What I was going to say is, I feel like Kelsier would be... slightly less of a hero. Like, a straightforward hero.
0: Yeah, but and he's... And then
1: been might actually be more of a hero again.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, mm. Vin, Vin is even more of a chosen one type of Yeah. He?
1: So it's like... hero, slightly less of a hero, and then more hero-y again.
0: Mm. But even Kelsier, like, he's got powers, he's got, you know, a tragic backstory. He's
1: leading the rebellion. Yeah. It's definitely not quite the, the Frodo thing.
0: Mm. Which, I mean, is not surprising. It's a, that, that was a very unusual thing to do with the story.
1: Uh, not quite uh, as unusual as what they did with, or well, what Tolkien did with The Hobbit, though. I um, mean, yeah, those are fun. not heroes at all. They don't even defeat the bad guy.
0: <laughs> that's true, they don't. Uh, yeah. I, I think I
1: mentioned this in a different episode, but like...
0: Yeah, ho- Hobbit oh, spoilers, but... We're <laughs> talking about,
1: uh, you know, kind of the story structure. Like, The Hobbit, they don't even defeat it. It's just some guy we met, like... Two paragraphs ago.
0: Yeah, he's literally introduced and kills the monster in one page, le- like less than half a page, I think.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Tolkien wasn't exactly super stereotypical I mean, in his approach.
0: I don't get me wrong. That's an amazing moment. I, I don't. I, the way he introduces like this whole backstory for this guy, and <laughs> he kills the dragon. <laughs> It's <laughs> been like the, 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 the whole threat that they came here to defeat. but I mean, obviously they have other problems than just the dragon. So kind of the big thing though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going into the chapter, we learned that uh, ring scare off animals. Marsh, now that he's an inquisitor, do
1: you mean mistritees?
0: <laughs> no, I mean inquisitors because they're essentially the ring from, oh, from okay. the ring. Uh, they scare off animals. So they they aren't able to ride horses on their journey. That would make for such a slow. Well, I mean, he is he is a misborn essentially, so. What about um? If if he wasn't accompanying a mere mortal, you could. I, I guess Sazid could like use stored strength or whatever, restored or speed to run super fast,
1: but that's a limited resource. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be a very quick journey. Hmm. She <laughs> is very Lord of the Rings, actually.
0: That is true. That is true. i I'm, since I've been playing tons of Witcher Three recently, I'm now picturing like how an open world, misboard uh, video game would work. Like, would, would there be a fast travel system, and it uh, just like burns some battles? I don't know. Um, so uh, they basically argue about whether says it should be in Luther helping, which is what I said before that I thought was why Mars should come to get him. So it seems I wasn't totally wrong.
1: Just not totally right.
0: Uh and says it basically does this thing, um <laughs> just kind of a weird obscure reference, but there's this site called I think the editing room or something. They they, they do these like abridged scripts, you know, kinda of like those uh honest trailer type deals, you know? Yeah. And one thing that I always thought was funny is they they had this recurring joke where, like, whatever characters argue, but it's just like a pointless argument, and they immediately come around. Yeah. They they would just in their bridge script it would just be like, never, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happens here. So then it's like, you know, oh, what what are you talking about? There's you know I got to be here for all these reasons, and then he just thinks.
1: Yeah, but of course
0: Marsh is
1: totally right if she does the that. Yeah, that's basically what happens in the whole chapter. There was only one thing I was wondering about, and I, I wasn't sure if you might know. Do you remember if Marsh was ever called Iron Eyes in Book 1? He was, yeah. He was, okay, because I was going to say I don't remember that, and I feel like that...
0: I guess that's foreshadowing, yeah. It's
1: better foreshadowing if you remember it and did you just completely forget it ever happened? I mean, I
0: guess. Like, it's it's sort of weird out-of-universe foreshadowing, right? Like, I suppose so. Yeah, like, Iron Eyes... Like, in-universe, there's no reason... Like, un- unless he was named nicknamed that by a prophet, which I guess is theoretically possible, because those do seem to exist, but... Uh, I find it unlikely. Yeah. Then it's... It's just kind of a random coincidence in-universe... I mean, out of universe, yeah, it's clearly, in retrospect, intended as some kind of foreshadowing, I guess.
1: But, you know, it doesn't mean anything if you don't mm. remember that it was the name he was ever called, which I didn't.
0: Yeah, well, I guess we do know that Marsh was always interested in the ministry, so maybe his nickname actually partly was comparing him to an Inquisitor? I suppose. Okay, yeah, that, that's all that happens in this chapter. Uh, it's two two pages for you, four pages for me, on my little ebook, and, uh... <laughs> yeah, three of those four pages, are for me, are spent on them having this pointless argument that says it admits at the end to himself that was stupid and he was wrong the whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a very interesting chapter.
0: Okay, we've read the chapter. So the, uh... The opening snippet for chapter 10 uh, once again reminding us that this is not uh, Frodo uh, apparently he's, he's a man who towered over others so it's like more of a Conan than, than anything else it's the direct opposite of Frodo hmm. so this entire chapter follows uh, a town meeting yep <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It's a bit on the dry side. Sure is. Um... So we we start from Elaine's perspective. Um, I noticed this is just a a little quirk of phrasing, but Alain talks about how he had constructed a tier of seats for the assembly members and all that. I, I find it interesting that he says he constructed them, since obviously he did not. He had them constructed. It's not the same thing. He might have constructed them. I don't think Elaine is a carpenter.
1: Pretty, pretty sure he's not a carpenter. I doubt it, but it's not unbelievable.
0: Um, yeah, I just just thought that's interesting that he he thinks of, he thinks of, of paying some people presumably to to build something as, as what
1: it means for to build something. <laughs> he might have designed it.
0: He might have.
1: He might have knocked in the nail or two.
0: I find that unlikely, but it's possible. Um, so, uh, then walks over to him. So uh, apparently, people are assuming that she's a Len's mistress, which she kind of is like he's not married, I guess, but, yeah, I mean, they're dating <laughs> like they they say a, k- a king's sleeping with his personal assassin made for good gossip. like he is he is sleeping with her, or at least they're dating. I, I don't think it's been made explicit. Uh, the details of that. So I just find it weird that Elena's acting as if this is like, oh, these these foolish people thinking that there's something going on,
1: but like, they're there they're is. making
0: exactly the correct assumption.
1: You guys it's, are dating, except
0: possibly that they think he's married.
1: Well, I guess maybe people still think he should be honoring, What's-Her-Face's memory. Oh, that
0: well, that that's true. I guess he was betrothed, but I don't. He wasn't married to her.
1: Yeah, but, I don't know, maybe because it was like, they were like engaged or something, weren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah, they
1: were engaged. And now she's
0: dead. So yeah, like, if if your fiancé dies before you get married, like, you're allowed to (laughs) resume dating, I don't think. But I I guess
1: it might be known that they were kind of already dating before she died. That's a good point, They, they sort of were. Which I
0: guess means she is his mistress in that case. So, they're do yeah. right? <laughs> um. So, uh, we actually, sorry, I'm wrong. We're not we're not in the lens head head here. We're in Vin's head. We switch perspective later in the chapter. That might be what's confusing you. Where is the per- no, no, I think I think we've actually been in Vin's perspective this whole time.
1: I'm not sure... I mean, it switches to Elend near the end of the chapter. Ah,
0: yeah, okay, where so... Where it vins most of it. Okay, so all that stuff
1: about psychoanalyzing Elend there I was totally wrong. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> never mind then. I, I, get, I guess it makes sense that Vin thinks that this is something Elend constructed, because this is his whole project. Um, okay, <laughs> it's... You also funny that, that Vince uh, thinks that people are mistaken about her mind. Um so we get a whole thing where Han like claps her on the shoulder in like a friendly manner yeah and she is like quietly yeah. having PTSD flashbacks
1: yeah she's, she's like, like flinching and stuff
0: yeah but uh, she, she tries to suppress it because Alain deserved a woman who was normal so
1: that's you can psych- psychoanalyze that, I suppose. <laughs> I
0: don't think I have to. I think it's pretty pretty plain. Um, so, uh, then she goes on a rant about how democracy is stupid and then she just be a benevolent dictator.
1: I don't think she goes quite that far. She just thinks that he doesn't have the best government i suppose
0: everyone can't be rich and everyone can't be in charge that's just not the way things work
1: I mean, that's true
0: all they do is argue and try to take his power away and they, he lets them <laughs> look i'm just saying vin is clearly quite opposed to democracy here
1: well no she said everyone can't be in charge doesn't mean everyone can't be part of the decision making process by a democracy that doesn't mean well, she's opposed they, they to the They are a democracy, voting, right?
0: But uh, do we know mm-hmm. how this council is selected?
1: No. I think it's just some people that es- represent each group.
0: I was thinking they were it de- was a democratic system, but actually...
1: She seems more opposed to the particular people that are in the government than the idea of it as a whole.
0: I... don't know about that. I think, I think she's specifically opposed to the to the, the fact that Elend is, is lowering himself to their level, and letting them walk all over him. Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't be letting them walk all over him. By responding to their... I mean, assuming that... I, I've been late, the fact that there's a bunch of nobles in this council maybe suggests that it's not purely democratic, but uh, maybe something closer to, like, the British system, you know, we've got, like, a House
1: of Lords. Yeah, I, I don't think that she's opposed to democracy as a concept.
0: I mean, he, she specifically says, I, I just think he could see that everyone was treated well without having an assembly. Like, she's specifically saying that she wishes Elend was just king, instead of being what's effectively more of
1: a prime minister here, like a prime minister for life. Probably doesn't help that the only example she seen is Elend sucking and his assembly sucking. <laughs> I mean, they do,
0: they do suck, but they, they suck in the standard way that governments suck, like, that's just how democracy is um or you know any any kind of big council like this so uh we get a bit of thought about the fact that there's a middle class now um oh uh she mentions that the noblemen who attend are wearing day hats and coats I checked day hats is not a word like, it's pretty obvious that it means a hat that you wear during the day of, of some sort, but... Yeah. Like, that's not an actual existing word for, like, a type of hat or anything.
1: Like, I guess we, it just sounds our, right. In,
0: but, like, in our world, like, people don't wear different hats during the day and the night.
1: Or do they? can't even see yeah. their hats in night, so you wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> well, I haven't been. <laughs> Maybe other people are. Um, we get a pretty de- detailed description of Helen's suit here. as just a that they are wearing suits, which I think kind of a... Big, It led to the Victorian era of this world. Um, Oh, so... When Alan tries to put forward his proposal... A guy says, Before we worry about that army, we should talk about bringing prices down. Which is possibly the stupidest thing (laughs) I could possibly imagine. And his proposal for how to bring them down, which we see later, is also Pretty really bad. Really bad. But I, I, I assume that's his... Someone, someone has a proposal that's really bad. Um, but eventually, Elan successfully talks them into divesting themselves of the right to surrender the city until after the king has met with Strathventure in official parlay. So, this is kind of a weird proposal. And it kind of s- seems to me like Ellen might actually have maneuvered them into basically being unable to surrender. Because, like, what if what if he just refuses to meet with them? Then their city is just forbidden from surrendering now.
1: I'm sure they can change that, pretty easily. Can they?
0: I mean, I mean, may- maybe, but I would assume so. Well, if they if they can if they can divest themselves of the right to do this, like if they can undo this, and they haven't actually given up the right habit.
1: They've given it up for a certain amount of time. Like, it's a for now thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, it, it's
0: intended to be, but... I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this could end up being leveraged into a more permanent thing. I don't know, maybe not. Stick it on the prediction list for a... a moderate number, maybe. Um, the, yes, uh, so <laughs> the, the proposal is to turn control of city food stockpiles over to the merchants. Which is a terrible plan. Like, how could that possibly be? Who, who would, why would anyone do that? That's such a ridiculous idea. Uh, a letter ends up filibustering, which is so funny. <laughs> the king filibusters the, the proposal. But like, you know what that means, right? Uh, yeah, basically, it's when you just keep talking until the session ends and so then we don't vote.
1: <laughs> yeah, we used to do that back in Ireland to delay the British from, like, winning um, the presidency. Oh, yeah, we I mean, it, it, oh, to it happens British's all the time, time. yeah. Jump I it. know, but that, that's how I learned about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Irish yeah. politicians would just go in and just.
0: Yeah, in America they've they've devised a a, a cunning system to to deal with filibustering.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, You can now just say you plan to filibuster and then go home. But then you're not... Yeah, but you said it so I can't. That saves a lot of time for everyone, really.
1: What if you're just delaying them all purpose, then you're not delaying them at all?
0: Well you are, because you said you were going to filibuster, so they have to stop. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, anyway, so then uh, a second army al- arrives and the chapter ends. So uh, I feel like we should at least speculate on what the second army is. But. Honestly, I can't really think of any possibilities.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, it, it could be- the only thing I can think of is that it's another warlord who also wants the city, I guess.
1: Uh... That seems kind of boring. I mean, it's plausible, but- I'm, I feel like there's something better. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's going to be something
0: The other- Better. Like, the other possibility is, like, that it's Sazad somehow, but that doesn't seem likely. Hasn't moved up an army and showed up. I, I doubt it. Or, you know, so, some other ally. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, I suppose if it is another warlord, we could get a whole thing where they're, like, playing them off against each other. That seems like their best way out at this point. Short of then just, uh, you know, becoming Superman and flying and killing. Other leaders, which actually I think, it seems like she
1: should, she probably could do. Un- I don't know what I want it to be, but I can't see it being super interesting unless it's something like really unexpected.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, Vin taking her Juralumin and then just murdering everyone yeah so like she could just do that right like there's nothing stopping her from doing that
1: seems seems like she should maybe really get to doing that but how many people could she kill and she like weakens herself by doing it
0: does she i mean she burns the metal faster and she's more more affected by tin eye stuff if she's burning tin yeah but like she
1: could just not burn tin if that's such an issue or she could probably get used to it i don't know I mean, I assume she'll get better at using it, but, like, right now, anyway, I don't think it's really an option.
0: It, it might take a little bit of practice, but Lenn seems to think they've got at least take like a week.
1: I guess. I mean, I, mean, I, I just don't know how feasible <laughs> it would be. Yeah,
0: now, evidently, really... I think a, a bigger problem might be that we don't know how long she can last doing that. We know it's really fast? Like, if she swallows, like, Large amounts of metal, you don't know how long she can keep it up for. That's true, I suppose. Because, like, if, if Vinny really is going to be that powerful, it seems like it would kind of break the story. But at the same time, it, it seems like this is what the little ruler was doing, and he seemed like he could just do it. Like if he never showed any sign that it was like only in brief bursts. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of chapter. Okay, favorites and
1: least favorites. What um, would you say your least favorite part of this chapter was?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we didn't do one for a last
1: chapter. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's even possible.
0: During which says <laughs> it continued to walk in the same direction.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't really think we could have drawn two favorites and two least favorites out of yeah. two pages.
0: Um, in terms of favorites. I mean, not much happened to this chapter on it, to be fair. Um, so, we didn't really talk about this, but I actually quite liked Vin's whole thing where she was like. The Suspicious woman. of a terrorist woman. Yeah, there was this terrorist woman who I actually suspect will come back later. I might, I might call that a prediction. Uh, who Vin is suspicious of because all the terrorist people in the city came to thank her for defeating their ancient enemy. But she doesn't recognize this woman, who's been staring suspiciously at... Was she staring at Vin or staring at a land? Staring, staring at, a staring land. at a land, right, yeah. Uh, she's staring suspiciously at a land the whole time. And like... A LA land makes a good case that this is just paranoia, but... Still... I don't know. If, if it is just paranoia, it's a good character moment for Vin, and... If it's not, it's also a good character
1: moment for Vin, so... Either way, it's a good character moment for Ben.
0: Yeah. Uh, what would you say your least favorite part of the chapter was?
1: I would just think it would be how boring it was. <laughs> That's fair. Like, I know it's not super specific, but it was just kind of dull.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i tempted to say the same thing. I mean, it's it's a long chapter devoted to boring politics that don't matter. I mean, I guess technically they matter, but like, they don't feel like they matter. I don't think they matter. I, I guess on paper if this if these guys had voted to immediately surrender that would have actually had a huge impact on the
1: plot. Well, I would have been one of the middle class scouts who just wouldn't attend. <laughs> I'd go to it once and I'd be like, never again. <laughs>
0: well yeah, it's incredibly it's just I mean it it's it, it, it's a it's a,
1: a, a good portrayal of a boring meeting, but like I don't wanna read good portrayals of boring meetings because they're boring. I want to read the trails of interesting meetings.
0: Yeah, um, if I had to pick something else I, for my least favorite, I think I'll go with the guy who proposes giving all the food to the merchants.
1: <laughs> what a joke.
0: I, I mean, I, I'm not sure, like, he's not a merchant, so it's not totally clear to me. It was a guy who was arguing with the merchants about food prices. And then there's a guy who I think is a merchant who suggests giving all the food stockpiles to the merchants. I'm not sure if that's being it's suggested as a method of reducing the food prices, but if it is, it's insane. If it's not, it's even more insane.
1: It's a bad idea. Like it doesn't matter. It's just bad.
0: What what does this guy think the point of food stockpiles is? Ah, it it makes me so mad. I mean, it again. I, I can't say it's necessarily unrealistic. This dumb stuff definitely gets proposed by governments all the time, and indeed sometimes passed. But wow, I mean, this is—it's just such a corrupt. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't have called this my least favorite thing because, like, it is successfully making me mad at this dude. Which is probably intentional, but whatever. I—I I, I just like the experience of having to listen to this obnoxious guy It'd be stupid for almost an entire paragraph. <laughs> um. So, what would you say your favorite part was?
1: Um, I liked the little bit where Ben was like freaking out over being touched mm-hmm. because I think I think that was just good little detail. Yeah, it was sad, but that's the point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was good. Okay, mailbox time. Um, we've got couple of comments from a regular commentary venture Russell 24 to do because we weren't able to do one last time. Yeah. Um, so discussing chapters six and seven I was surprised to learn that Clubs was named because he had an injured leg and apparently that was something we were already supposed to know.
1: Yeah I, I do <laughs> vaguely remember that being said just too long ago for me to keep it
0: in my mind <laughs> that's a little embarrassing um so uh they wonder why does elend not know that ben got that handkerchief from Spook? you yeah. know, and she told him she got a handkerchief from someone why didn't he say hey who is that from considering that they're dating uh i think it's pretty reasonable for him to assume it was just a noble because that's a thing nobles do specifically and she was at a bunch of noble parties yeah like, I think I, I don't think he's worried that maybe going to be interested in some random noble, so I'd say he's probably just dismissed it like that. Um, we talked about the fact that there's got to be other female thugs, presumably just as many as male thugs. I would guess so. Uh, and, and yet, Ham was talking about how
1: thug tactics tend to depend on brute force and being a big, burly guy. Perhaps, um, perhaps so all thugs just tend to bulk up because they don't realize this. Yeah. So you and the women ones.
0: Yeah, but you would you would think that other people would they would they would still be naturally smaller and thus more agile, and thus would have this benefit.
1: Never. That Ben has um, never before happened.
0: So, retrorocket Rocket twenty four suggests that maybe given that women are rare in the underground to begin with, you know, it's not it's not exactly a a safe place for women as as we got reminded of in this chapter from Ben um you know our PTSD issues they are not technically PTSD but you know what I mean um the trouble with this I think is that if you're a thug you're not like an average woman you're a woman with superpowers like we've seen that matches rise to the top in the in the underworld yeah. much like they do in regular society <laughs> i mean nobody's is going to i mean if someone is dumb enough to hassle a thug woman she can just kill them like what are they gonna do she has superpowers she can just push their head off like <laughs> it, it will That's be true. it will be incredibly stupid and like I'm not going to say that they wouldn't face any sexism, but I would think that if not zero crews would refuse to let a a woman in even if she had superpowers, but I feel like it would be a a dumb crew who would make such a a foolish decision. Uh, And we do know of at least one female Allomancer who was on a crew which is Mare. Yeah. Uh, Admittedly, It is only one, so maybe that is suggestive. None of the other members of the crew were female. So, I guess there might be something to that, but it still seems just implausible to me that, you know, like, if, again, assuming that that 50% (laughs) of the people who randomly get these powers are women, then why wouldn't they be able to use them to become powerful and successful in, you know, the criminal world. I mean, it, it's one thing for, like, like Seekers or something. One of the useless powers. But a thug, a thug is the most physically defensive power that there is. Yeah. Now, I mean, they're, admittedly, they're not burning metals literally 24-7, I think, although...
1: Vin does seem to be.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I have a feeling... I have a feeling that Pewter is one of the slower burning metals. I think that's why Vin has it up most of the time. So maybe they might just literally walk around with it on all the time. Anyway, um... Let's move on to the second comments, which was on our review chapter 8. So they point out that we made a bunch of different theories about, like the origins of the The 11th metal. metal. yeah (laughs) uh so hypothetically if the deepness created the 11th metal and tricked Kelsier into obtaining it then all of those predictions are wrong simultaneously yeah (laughs) even the ones which seem to be mutually exclusive (laughs) like covering both all all bases (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's that's finally if, if that does happen we'll, we'll take a real hit um, and it, to- it is totally possible in fairness. I mean it's plausible of anything maybe we should put that on the prediction list uh, let's see I'm going to have to check something for this one actually because they're wondering why the metal list that I, that I maintain expanded in chapter 6 I think we learned the name of something in chapter 6. the mm. minute, I'm not seeing it, so maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just that I only remembered to add a new tab to the thing when we were on chapter 6. Yeah, that honestly, that that's more of a mistake than anything else. But, uh, yeah, Finn got her journal in, in uh, chapter 5, I think, and I just forgot to add it until chapter 6. Okay, so, um... Last episode, I talked about the fact that the famously hard magic system in this series isn't that hard in the sense that um, even though the function of metals is such a big source of mystery and generally like these, these mechanics of the metals they're very loose in actual practice like they're specific. The, the Once we're told them, they're very specific. But in deciding what they are, it's basically whatever Brandon Sanderson thought would be cool to, add, to attach to that metal. Yeah. And, like, the alloys d- don't... They're, they're not... Not, not even necessarily inconsistent, just... There's a lot of different possibilities for any given alloy, you know? And it just comes down to Brandon Sanderson's vague ideas. So, a fair point is, like they say they, they can't think of any, anything with a harder magic system. Yeah. And it's a fair point to say that like, very few magic systems can be predicted in advance. With, like, I think the difference is that when I think hard magic systems, most of the stories I think of the magic system is laid out quite early on. Yeah. Whereas in these books we've been learning the magic system very slowly. And that means that a lot of the mystery isn't what will people do with these established rules, but what are the rules. And that makes it feel softer to me because there's just there is no way really to guess what metals Brandon Sanderson will choose and attach, and what powers he will attach to them because they don't really have much to do with anything. And even with the alloys which you can sort of predict. It's very wishy-washy.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but in fairness, so one thought that crossed my mind was Avatar.
1: Where? Which isn't a book, so...
0: It's not a book. Did they did they specifically say books? They said that they'd read. Uh, okay, well that's that's a fair point. But I, I know Avatar gets brought up. Um, there are there are books about Avatar. There's there's like spin-off books. Um, it often gets brought up as a hard magic system. And I think it's fair to say that, like, there's a lot of new types of bending introduced in, the, in that, but it's yeah. always an out, an, an, a clear outgrowth of the established system. So, like, someone will figure out... You know, m- minor spoilers for Avatar, now, like, someone will figure out how to bend blood using their water bending. And you can predict by going, okay, so, you know, that seems like a thing that someone should be able to do, because of war- water and blood. The only one I think that is even as really that you couldn't predict is lightning bending, because the idea that lightning is technically a form of fire is kind of <laughs> kind of a stretch. But in general, there's, they introduce all these new systems, and it's always predictable. I guess uh, there's also uh, the spirit thing, but that, that that's that's another matter. Uh, so I think that, that's the closest I can think of to an example of like when pe- people are trying to guess what else could exist in the magic system, and that's very predictable in a very hard magic kind of way. Yeah. Whereas in this, I mean, Brian Sanderson, you know, famously, laws of magic, like when the plot depends on things that the reader doesn't know, it it makes the mysteries feel a bit less fair, you know? Yeah. And I, I do I do think that it's it would have been, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily saying that there's a better way he could have done this, but uh, it definitely does feel like it makes the speculation harder than I would have expected and not in a way that's like, oh wow, Brandon Sanderson is so clever, he's outwitted us or anything like that just in a yeah, there's really no way we can guess this. It's just up to author via, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of that being a big part of these stories, <laughs> so the end of this comment, unfortunately, I think is actually spoilery. Uh, you haven't read it. You haven't read the end of it. Uh, apparently there's there's some stuff about Meladium that... Uh, I, I feel does constitute a spoiler, and it's not a huge spoiler, but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's stuff to do with the details of the magic system that haven't been on cover, that we have speculated about extensively, so I kind of regret having read into that a little, but on the plus side, I think it offers an interesting opportunity for speculation as well. So I think it'd be fun to have you try guess what this is, like what is this thing that can that's to yet to be revealed about Millennium? Uh I, I gotta guess I don't think you'll guess this. But when, when it gets revealed then we can
1: score your um, prediction. Unless it's confirmation about like how only Vin can use it or something like that, then I don't see it being anything I could predict.
0: Hmm, okay. Um so you don't you don't want to venture a guess? Or is that your guess? That's my guess. Your guess is that only Ben can burn it, and that's yeah. what it's like to set to tell us now that, that we know the name of it. Okay, well, we'll uh, we'll put that down in the prediction list, and we'll score it uh, when we hear this thing in the book. Or, mm, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a good one. Okay, uh, that's the end of the episode. As always, if you want to be featured in the mailbox section, you can reach out to us on Reddit, where we post these episodes on r slash this form or via email our email is podcastyoungadult at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at podyoungadult and uh, there's a lot of different apps and websites where you can submit reviews so we'll try and spot those there and they also help boost the podcast to be recommended to other listeners so that helps us out um as of course there's uploading as I meant it.
1: Yeah, and that's it and we'll see you next fortnight.